We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Ryan, this is our first game predictions show of the 2023 season, man. I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to, you know, hey, let's be professional. But, man, I'm fired up. I mean, not just for Notre Dame, Ryan. I'm fired up for some football, man. I cannot wait. I'm, like, excited about, man, I can't wait to watch that Vandy-Hawaii game. That's how fired up I am right now about the season. I will be watching that. I will be watching Louisiana Tech. I'll be watching... Was it New Mexico State and I, somebody else I don't necessarily care about, but I will be watching U- all USC, San Jose State. I mean, cannot yeah, wait, man. man. Cannot wait. Yeah. Football season is upon us. Notre Dame kicks the season off this weekend, Ryan. And you know what? I realized something before we started the show today. We did a bunch of different prediction shows. Vince and I did one, Sean did one last night. We have never got Ryan Roberts on the record about what he expects for the Notre Dame 2023 football team. So I'm going to get that from him in a second. Then we're going to dive into some keys to victory for Notre Dame. And then we are going to make our predictions for this weekend's game between Notre Dame and Navy. So, Ryan, before we get going, man, just want to get your thoughts on before the season kicks off. What's your record prediction? Just how good do you think this Notre Dame team is going to be? What's your postseason prediction? All that kind of stuff. Let's hear it, man. I'm in on this team, Brian. I really am. I mean, I think last year going into the 2022 season, I was optimistic that a lot of things were going to happen, right? And then obviously quarterback injury, wide receivers are still a little bit slow to get going. Offensive line is very slow to get going. Defense isn't opportunistic at all. Like they barely are forcing any turnovers early in the season. I just feel a lot better about this team, man. I really do. And there's a I remember when we were sitting at Syracuse together, right? We're watching that game, and I'm just like literally – and this is legitimately what I said to Brian. I'm like, if Notre Dame had a good quarterback, just a good one, not even a great one, but a good quarterback, they're a really good football team, man. Like they are. They have potential to be very good. So I'm bought into this team because I think there's more known commodities this year than what we had last year. That's kind of how I feel about it. You have a quarterback that you know is going to be a dude. You have three returning offensive linemen to that were playing good football last year. You have a defense that returns a whole lot of starters on a defense that was pretty solid last year and should only get better. And you have a little bit more known in year two under Marcus Freeman. All that together, I think Notre Dame has a chance to be a very good team in 2023. I'm going to pick 11 and one. I'm not going to do the Homer thing and say they're going to run the table. They're going to go 12 and 0. I think they go two and one 
in those three pivotal matchups against Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. I think they go two and one in those contests. They figure out how to defeat the teams that they should beat, which was a crux or a crutch, excuse me, to them last year. You figure that out. I think Notre Dame has a chance to go 11 and one. And if they go 11 and one with the schedule they have, I think that they are going to go to the, to the college football playoffs. So I'm bullish on this team, man. I think they have a chance to be a very good team in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It was kind of funny, Ryan. I was laughing when you said I'm not going to do the homer pick and say they're going to go 12-0. and That's kind of what I did, but not really what I did because we went through the schedule game by game, and I picked them to win every game because my whole thing is I can't point to a game that I'm like, yeah, I think they're going to definitely lose that game, right? But when I pull back and say, okay, if you're going to ask me what I think their record is going to be without any context of going game by game, I say 11-1. and whether it's going two and one against the big three, whether it's beating them and having a stub your toe moment like Clemson had in 2016, you know, against Pitt. Uh, I, I just, this is a really good football team. And, and like you said, once the quarterback position got solidified, and I remember you saying that, I absolutely remember you saying yeah. that. Yeah. And when you look back last year and, and just think about, you know, what this team would be if they would have just had a better quarterback. You know, how many times did you, yeah. you and I discuss last year on the air and off the air? you know, man, if Jack Cohn just would have had one more year, right? And, yeah, and you know, what that team would have been like last year. Well, now you get a, a, a even better version of Jack Cohn, in my opinion, well, and Sam Hartman. I, I think that Syracuse game was a great reminder, though, Brian, because people only remember Syracuse for kind of hobbling down the stretch. But that was when Syracuse was still at full strength. You know, well, Garrett Schrader hadn't gotten banged up yet. Garrett Williams was still playing high-level football. They were 6-1, and one, I think, coming into that Right, and their only game. loss was like a three-point loss to Clemson. And and what was the reason they were hobbled down the stretch? Because Notre Dame physically beat the beat mess up. out of them that day in the yep. trenches. I mean, that was a big reason – Syracuse was so depleted down the stretches because of what Notre Dame did to that, them during the season. That so. was that was a good Syracuse team, and that was another one of those games similar to Clemson where people don't remember this as much in the Syracuse game, but Notre Dame did not light the world on fire from a throwing perspective in that no. football game either. They ran down Syracuse's throat the entire game no. and played advantageous defense. The pick six by Brandon Joseph, the defense was kind of flying around 
the Carlos Del Rio Wilson kid came in and gave him a little bit of life early when he was in, but then obviously he fizzled at the end too. Notre Dame dominated that football game, but that was another one of those Clemson Syracuse where it's very obvious that if Notre Dame had better quarterback play, more consistent quarterback play, that they had a chance to be really good last season yeah. if everything came together right. 2023, I think you feel better about where the offensive line is to start the season. I think you feel better about the defensive unit as a whole compared to what it uh, what it started out with last year. And I really think that the coaching year two comparative to year one is going to take a massive step forward. So, yeah, man, I, I'm going to take this. And if I end up being wrong, I'll own it and keep moving on. But I really think this could be one of the best Notre Dame teams I have seen in my lifetime. I truly do. It's going to start off this weekend, Ryan, against Navy, right? We're going to get our first taste of what this Notre Dame football team is going to be. We're going to we're going to have one of three reactions, right? One is obviously, yep, there's they're they're going to be as good as right. Like I could prepare y'all, don't overreact, but it's going to happen. And the and the reactions are going to be one of three ways. One is they look great, and it's yeah, this is exactly what I think this team could be. Number two is okay, they won, but there's work to do, which is would be a fair take. And then number three is sure. here we go again. Even with a win, here we go again. And and there's going to be some of that reaction as well. But I'm just looking forward to seeing what this team is. I'll almost deal with the overreactions if it means that we can actually watch real football. That That's what Absolutely. I'm excited about, Ryan. Yep. We're going to kick things off today by doing a bit of a keys to victory. And it won't be as quite as long and extensive as, as the shows we've done in the past because we're kind of combining shows here, Ryan. But I want to talk about the three or four areas each week that we feel are really key aspects to Notre Dame being able to play to their full potential, which means winning a football game. Yeah. And and we'll start with the offense and then we'll go to the defense. But first, Ryan, I want to start with the Notre Dame offense. And when I look at this unit, obviously there's a lot of things in, about this group that we've got we've got to learn about Notre Dame. When you look at keys to victory for the offense, it's it comes down to first and foremost playing to your strengths. And then the second aspect of it, and it's more 1A, 1B as opposed to 1 and 2, is you've got to be able to neutralize where Navy's very strong. And unlike past Navy teams, this Navy team actually has an an aspect of their team that is really, really good. The very best part of this Navy team in any facet is their run defense. And we'll get into that. So that's kind of where it comes from is, is building to your strengths, minimizing their weaknesses or their strengths, and then what are some of the big picture things that have to happen? And I, and I think the first thing for Notre Dame in this game, and, and this is something that we talk about week after week, and I'm not going to make it as as much of a focal point this year as we did last year, but I do think it's important in this game because it is game number one, is the first thing is to start fast. And it's not so much from a schematic or here's how it impacts the option. And and if you start fast, it puts Navy, you know, behind. And can their can their option, you know, with the with the new clock rules impact that? That's all important, Ryan. But sure. the main thing for me is with so many young players, so many I mean the offensive side is where there are young players. There are guys that have played but not played as much. The offense doesn't have nearly the experience that the defense does, first yeah. and second team. That's especially true with the skill positions. You know, Chris Tyree leads this team in career receptions and career receiving yards, but he's never done it as a wide receiver. You know, Tobias Merriweather gets his first shot as a starter. There's a lot of new faces. The faster they start, the more confidence they build, and it not only impacts this game, but it really sends them on a positive note. So that's why starting fast, for me, is priority number one for this Notre Dame offense. I mean, I, th- I think it's it's it just feels like a completely different chapter of Notre Dame football, doesn't it? I mean, obviously compared to year one, because year one, 
Notre Dame, if they were going to be successful in 2022, they had to be a ball control, run the football type of team. They had to. And I, although I still think that's going to be the identity, the ability to run the football and to be a, a physical up front, this team, I think, has more multiple layers to it, right? Your ability to pass the football, I think, is just going to be at a much higher level and much higher consistency. And I am interested to see personally from Jared Parker's perspective and this offensive perspective, what is their ideology to starting fast? I think that's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Is starting fast could look so many different ways, right? Where you're just ramming it down their throat. Like Syracuse last year for Notre Dame, the one I used, that was a fast start offensively. Yeah. It was just not the fast start that people usually think of when they think of fast starts. They usually think about throwing the football, taking a shot, you know, open up the field a little bit. But regardless, they got off to a fast start. And I agree, Notre Dame needs to have that because there's no real reason not to have that against this team, right? Is that... Yes, they are a tough. They are a tough run-stopping defense, but there are a lot of positions that Notre Dame can take easy advantage of athletically, right? Like they, they have athleticism advantage in almost every single spot over Navy. You have a sixty-year starting quarterback. I fully understand that Sam Hartman hasn't started a game for the University of Notre Dame yet, but that experience matters, right? All the snaps that he's played, all the passes he's thrown, all the touchdowns that he's accounted for. All that stuff really matters. So six-year starting quarterback, three returning offensive linemen. Yes, some wide receivers in different spots, but they've all played football as well. They all have experience of playing high-level football at the University of Notre Dame. Your leading rusher returning. Notre Dame has no – they have no choice but to start fast. I mean, if they don't start fast in this game, eyebrows will be raised, in my opinion, a little bit, right? They will be because you have everything you need from an experience level, from a talent level – for this team to be very good in 2023, but also to get off to a fast start because you don't have inexperienced quarterback. You don't have some offensive linemen still getting into their own wide receivers who haven't played as much football. You have experience on your side offensively. So a fast start is very, very important. Now, what are one of the what are some of the keys to a fast start? These next two points are going to really be about that. Number one is have a plan to beat the blitz. That's going to be a big part of this. Navy is going to come. They're gonna they're gonna blitz early. They're gonna blitz often. They're gonna blitz from different angles, uh, and and their blitzing package is a very sound blitzing package as we've broken down. So it's not just as easy as throw a slant behind it, right? And you try to do that, and all of a sudden the safety steps in front of it, and he picks it off or lights your receiver up. You've got to have a sound blitz plan, and that's going to include a lot of different aspects. It's going to involve mixing up the run game, which we'll get to here in a minute. It's going to involve you know, being effective, having a, a pass game plan to beat it that's going to involve outbreaking routes, in-breaking routes, deep shots. you got to mix it up. A well, well-designed well screen game is going to be key. Navy's pretty good at sniffing out the screens, like the traditional screens, the slip screens, things like that. That's not necessarily what I'm referring to. It's more, for me, it's more of a, if you can catch them on a bubble or a now when they're bringing an all-out blitz, you're one missed tackle away or one broken tackle away from it going to the house, right? It's those type of things that are going to be part of it. And I think the RPO game is going to be part of that as as well, Ryan, because Navy is a great, when we talk about beating the blitz, their primary blitzing strategy is run blitzes. They're a heavy run blitz team. And that's where the RBO RPO game can have a major, major impact, Ryan, but you've got to have a, a plan to beat the blitz, but even more importantly, and this is a point that you brought up when we were discussing it, and I'll let you dive into it, Ryan, your plan to beat the blitz in the first half can't be your only plan to beat the blitz because this team, exactly. this defensive coaching staff is going to know how to adapt, know how to adjust. And we saw it last year. 
Talk about that was the most, the biggest dichotomy between a first half and a second half that I've ever seen from Notre Dame, even more so than like 26, 2006 Michigan State. They were so good in the first half, scored 35 points. And in the second half, they went three and out on every series except for one. The one series they didn't go three and out. They had six plays minus one yards because they couldn't adjust. They couldn't adapt player-wise and coach-wise. That can't happen in this game, Ryan. Well, I I think that the RPO game is a great point that you make, Brian, because people – Think of it as an offensive structure, but in reality, it is a blitz beater in itself, right? As far as you're trying to take advantage of space that has been vacated for whatever reason. That's You're trying to predicate on movement. It's the same thing with screens, the same thing with draws, it's the same thing with different spacing concepts. All those things are taking advantage and easy checkdowns, those types of things. But I, I really – we were talking about it beforehand, man, and like – I was at that Navy game last year, right? I was down in Baltimore and I just remember it was, they was, I think they had like 300 total yards in that first yeah. half or something like that offensively. In the second half, it was like 10, something like that. Yeah. It was like something crazy. You said it perfectly. I mean, they, they, they were the biggest absolute parallels that I've ever seen in a football game. Notre Dame had every answer in the first round, first half and they had zero in the seconds, right? There is a, a there's two stories to a game typically, right? It's what you come out in your game plan of what you come out in that first half. And then what your adjustments are usually in the second half to be able to either continue momentum or break it depending on how the game is flowing. And I really think last year, this is no shade of Tommy Reese. There's no shade at the offensive coach staff in general. Notre Dame didn't have answers last year. You didn't have answers. And partly it wasn't fully their fault. Cause I understand that we were, you know, Notre Dame was, working against itself a little bit at quarterback. And it was just a little bit difficult, not seeing things incredibly fast and everything, but still Notre Dame did not have answers in the second half last year against Navy, as many as they needed to. They just didn't this year with Jared Parker. I expect the offense to get off to a fast start because I think Jared Parker is going to be able to scheme some stuff up. That's going to be exciting. The question, though, for every time you have an offensive coordinator who's truly a first-year offensive coordinator, I don't count West Virginia, I just don't, is what is he going to do when the defense pulls something out that you weren't expecting or that you don't have an adjustment to? Can you adjust on the fly if you have something built in? That's the question. Or what your plan was isn't going the way you thought it was going to go. That happens to the best coordinators. You have to right, pivot. it happens. Yeah. Sometimes, hey, the plan we thought we were going to do, this worked for us, but it's just not working. We thought we could really run this concept. We thought we could run this play, and we're just not having the success with it. What are what are your adjustments? How quickly on the fly can you say, hey, here's where we need to go? And that's something we're going to learn about this coaching staff. And it's, a, it's a, a coaching staff that's working together for the first time, right? I mean, you've got five offensive coaches. Three of them are back from last year's staff, but, you know, one of them's in a new role. So how are they going to be able to adjust? That's going to be a big part of it. And and number three, Ryan, the point is is kind of part of it, right? It's part of starting fast. These are the way we like to do keys to the game is we like to do building blocks. I think that's what a game an effective game plan is. It's building blocks. It's on top of each other. It all kind of goes together. Yeah. And so the third part of we already talked about obviously starting fast. We talked about having a plan for the blitz. And one of the best things that Notre Dame can do is they have to have a more diverse run game this year against Navy than they did last year. Last year was inside zone and duo, basically. And when that wasn't working, they didn't have a lot of other stuff they could hang their hat on. And 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 it was able to just kind of shut it down. And they said, I would just throw the football. Well, that looked great in the first half, second half. You couldn't throw the football. And now you, you already couldn't run the football. Now you can't throw the football. And Notre Dame literally had nothing they could do. Yeah. That can't 
ever happened to the University of Notre Dame. I don't care if you're playing Alabama. I don't care if you're playing who you're playing, Georgia. I don't care who you're playing. That's not acceptable. And that can't, it won't be acceptable this year. There will, there will be no, well, you know, it's his first game as coordinator. No, that's part of your job, right? It, it's, it's having yeah. those answers. And, and one thing that, that we've seen in practice is a more diverse run game. The different yeah. things that we've seen, I've seen at least six or seven concepts repped consistently throughout the year. And I'm just talking broad concepts, not even wrinkles within those concepts. So I, I want to see those things be effective, Ryan. I want to see them work. I want to see them have an early game plan of mixing those things up. If duo and inside zone are going to be your bread and butters this year, I, I don't know that I'd run them right away. I would say, hey, look, we're going to throw some other stuff at you. Give them and, you know, yeah, right, exactly. right. You yeah. know, look, we're going to run a toss crack on the first play of the game. You know, something like that. Part of that also includes a a mixing up the run game includes doing things to change the eye discipline of the linebackers, Ryan. This is going to be huge. And it's not just with motions and shifts, things that you're showing pre-snap. Those are important, but you've got to do something out of those. You can't just shift for the sake of shifting or jet motion for the sake of jet. Because eventually linebackers, they're just going to run by and they're like, we don't care. You're not doing anything with that guy. That's just that's just all for show. Yep. You know, whether that's jet sweeps, whether that's reverses, whether that's quick perimeter screens, the RPO game is going to be part of that. There needs to be more diversity of the run game, and it can't just be lineup and 12 personnel all day and hope that we can get leverage or numbers advantages. That can work against base defenses. It's harder to do that against Navy because they're pretty well schemed at eliminating some of those disadvantages with their quickness and the, the pressures that they bring. So having a really mixed up run game, a real diverse run game, that means multiple concepts. That means running these plays out of multiple concepts, you know, being able to run out of 11 personnel effectively, being able to run out of 12 personnel effectively. I, I would love to see them do some 20 personnel in this game. Like I, I'll tell you the dream for me, Ryan, is the day that we line up as a wrinkle and Notre Dame goes 20 personnel with two backs and, and Chris Tyree is one of the three receivers. So you're in 30 personnel basically from last year. Yeah, and, and say, hey, look, we're going to do some things because you you're going to have to think about how you want to come at us because we now have a lot of speed that we can attack you with outside if you get too a little bit too, you know, inside oriented and just keep Navy on their toes because if they can slow Navy down schematically, meaning they've got to think twice about bringing all those pressures, that's how you then start to 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 hammer them in the second half because. You know, Notre Dame may not even have a ton of success in the first half running the football, Ryan, but it's keep them on their toes. Just keep leaning on them, leaning on them, leaning on them. And then eventually in the second half, you're going to have some answers and you're going to say, now we're going to, now we're going to really take it to you. And, and so to me, mixing up the, the, the run game schematically, formationally, tempo wise are all things that are very important to this football game. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, or your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. 
It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. I think eye candy is a perfect way to put it because there's two ways to stop pressure, right? One is that you go where the pressure's coming from. You throw behind it, you screen it, that type of stuff. Number two, Brian, is to start making pressure start thinking, right? Like, oh man, my, my, I have to adjust on the fly and I'm, I'm blitzing the wrong gap because the, the gap's moving differently than I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought I was setting up for inside zone or dual all game and then all of a sudden it's outside zone and the gap is expanding laterally and now i have to adjust my my angle of pursuit and all those things happen on the fly and right now what are the best parts of the navy defense if you ask me i would say the defensive line is salty they're tough they're physical kids the busa kid the, the nose guard's a pretty good football player plays with good leverage and the Colin Ramos kid is their leading to returning tackler playing inside linebacker. He's 5'11, 205 pounds, folks. He's not winning because he's so much better than Audric Estime or any other running back that he's facing. He's winning because he's a tough kid that goes to the right spot. That's why he's winning. So you have to force that kid to get uncomfortable, right? Force him to get uncomfortable. And the way you do that is by that diversity, right? Like you're, we're going to talk about just simple stuff as far as not simple stuff, but we're going to talk about stuff as far as doing things differently, not running inside zone and do all the time, maybe mixing in some outside zones and pin and pull stuff. But also, you now have Chris Tyree as a as a absolute weapon as a slot receiver. How about giving him some jet motions at times, right? You don't even have to give him the football, but get those linebackers' eyes moving, man. I want to see those eyes get all over the place because it is a very cliche thing in the game of say in the game of football that the game is is one. You know, it's a game of inches, right? That's the most cliche thing in the world, but it's true. It's very true. You give Chris Tyree another few inches, he's going to house call it compared to getting tackled for a one-yard gain. Like that is the reality we live in. So yes, get the eyes moving on the second level, make them uncomfortable. And you do that by run game diversity. Don't let them just know every single play where Audrey Gestime is going to go. That's the worst thing you could do because when you get them uncomfortable, Aldrich Estime is going to get on a lot more one-on-one situations. And if he's in one-on-one situation as a six-foot, 227 battering ram against a 5'11", 205-pound linebacker, all due respect to Colin Ramos, I will take Aldrich Estime in that miss, in that matchup every single day and twice on Saturdays. Last aspect of it, Ryan. And we're not, one thing that's not going to be one of our keys to game is big plays because I think big plays to me – uh, will be important, but they're going to be a byproduct of other things and and byproduct of the ask the things that we start that we talked about. So yes, I want big plays, but they have to come on the backs of what you're doing run game, which then sets up big play opportunities in the play action game. Play action game isn't going to get you big plays. You know, maybe you can hit one early in the game, but it's not going to get you big plays in the third fourth quarter if you're not running the football. If you right. if you don't have a plan that puts pressure on Navy running the football, that's going to be an important part of that. 
And then you, that builds into another part that's going to lead to big plays. Again, that's the thing. Lay that foundation. And the biggest thing for me, Ryan, and this is kind of uh, our, our last point, as we've said before, we do building blocks. So point number four isn't the least important part. It's just this is a building block of these other things. And it really comes down to efficiency. And, and efficiency to me in the pass game is primarily what we're looking at here. And here's why these are important for this game specifically, because I think efficiency in the pass game is always important. What do we always say? You need an efficient and explosive offense. If you're just explosive but not efficient, you have the 2017 offense. You have the 2015 offense, which when you play a really good defense that can limit the big plays, you're in trouble, right? Georgia limited the big plays against Notre Dame in 2017. Offense couldn't do anything. Miami limited the big plays after the first series. Notre Dame offense couldn't do anything because they didn't have the efficiency. What killed them in some of those big games? They were constantly getting themselves in second and 10, third and nine, because they were able to you know, limit some of those big plays and you weren't an efficient offense. You've got to stay ahead of the chains in this game, Ryan. You've got to get yourself in second and shorts, third and shorts, to where now you, you, everything that we have in our offense is on the table on third down. Right. If you're just going to get back in third and nines and third and tens, yeah, you can hit those. Notre Dame, one of the few first downs Notre Dame had last year, actually one of the one of the few third downs that they landed last year was a third and fifteen where they hit Deion Colsey on a deep end cut. Right, you can hit some of those, but that's not where you're going to make your living. Right, yeah, you hit it that time, but then the next series that you were in third and long, you didn't get it because it's a low percentage situation for you. Getting Navy on their backs, getting Navy moving back and back, getting him into short short yard situations is is where this offense has to be. Because what happens in those situations, Ryan, is not only do you get ahead of the sticks, leave your whole offense on there, but if Navy's getting into some of these down and distances where it's second and one, second and two, and you say, "Hey, look, we're going to put our big boys in the field and line up and say we're going to we're going to run it at you," you think. You know, but now that we're in a second and short, we can take a shot now. We can go right. 12 personnel, 13 personnel, and say, hey, we're going to take a shot outside to Tobias or to Jane Thomas or whoever out there because we're in second and one. We feel good about our ability to convert third and one yep. and 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 go at it. But when you start getting behind the six, it sticks. It's second and 12, second and nine. And then you only get two, three yards in the run. And now all of a sudden it's third and seven, and they know you're throwing the football. And, and there's just a lot less things that you can do at that point in time. So staying ahead of the sticks, which comes down efficiency in the pass game, it also includes effectively executing your RPO game, right? I mean, that's you and I talked about that earlier, right? The RPO game is important. They want to load the box on first and 10. Like, honestly, if Notre Dame throws the ball on the first 15 plays because Navy's just crashing, 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 they're just pulling and throwing RPOs and just going up and down the field, oh, whatever. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a, a hyperbolic thing to say. But my point is, if Navy wants to just say, "Hey, we're going to just load the box and we're going to we're going to come at you and we're going to bring our our bandit off the edge of the whole game," that's fine. We're just pulling and throwing. I'm fine. I'm just going to pull and throw a quick speed out to Chris Tyree or a bubble screen to Chris Tyree, and you better pray your safety can get to him in time. I'm just going to find. I'll just take that one on one shot downfield to, you know, to Tobias Merriweather or or Jaden Thomas or whoever. That's going to be a big part of this. Is RPO game is going to be a key to that efficiency we talked about. And I think back to the 2018 game, Ryan. And I don't know if you remember this, but you know Navy was really coming at Notre Dame that year defensively. And if you remember, that was I think Buddy Green was still their defensive coordinator at the time, and he was their defensive coordinator for a long time. Really good football coach. Now they didn't have a, a great defense that year, but I remember one of the keys to Notre Dame in that game that season was Navy was saying, "Hey, look, we can't stop this Notre Dame run game." 
So we're just going to load the box. And Ian Book went like eight of nine on RPOs in the first half. Yeah. And he just picked Navy apart and just, you know, and eventually that led to them starting to gash and running the football. Something similar here would be great, you know. And so hit, get those those early, spread the field width-wise, spread the field vertically, all that other kind of stuff. But it's built on the back of being a very efficient, ahead of the stick, stay stay on schedule type of offense. That's going to be a huge part of this game for the offense. How many times last year, Brian, did Notre Dame throw a slide route into the dirt on first and 10? And you're just like, dang, dude, now we're in second and 10. <laughs> like, it stinks, you know? Like, it's just, oh, man, the Cal game, right? Like, I think they missed two different slides in that game, you know, from Pine. And it was just like, man, this is just not good. It's not efficient at all. And I think that the biggest thing, and, and we could, I mean, honestly, this conversation could go either side of it, right? Is that if I'm a coach and I'm a successful play caller, Usually why I'm successful play callers because I have options, right? I have a lot of different options because if you have options, you become a lot less predictable. The efficiency, I think, really starts to suffer for teams when they don't have an aspect of their game that is up to par and they become a very predictable offense. You know, you know that they're just a power running team. You know, they're just an outside zone team. You know, they can't throw the football effectively. You know, they can't run the football effectively. Like whatever layer it is, that makes a team super predictable and inefficient in a lot of ways. And I think that's what happened to Notre Dame a lot last year, honestly, is even in some of the games where Notre Dame won, it was just, you knew that you won off of just holding the ball, but not necessarily being efficient with that, right? Like you weren't passing the football at a high clip, high clip. You weren't completing a high number of passes, a high uh, completion percentage in general. And I think that this game for me is one of those things where, where their pressure is definitely predicated on stopping the run more often than not. We also did see them last year in the second half say, all right, we're kitchen sink on third and long, right? right? And having Drew Pine have to just sit back and try to make a play and then the pressure would get to him and the play wouldn't be made. And I think for me, you have the building blocks of a really good offense in 2023. You have a really good running back and a talented running room, running back room behind Audra Gessonet. You have a quarterback that has shown that he has the ability to make plays as an RPO passer and as a drop back passer in the vertical passing game. You have options in theory on paper, offensively, the practicality now approach is that you have to go show it, man. You have to. And the efficiency starts with good play calling, but it now extends to when you have an easy throw, you have to make it. When you ha- have an RPO look, that's wide open. You have to hit it. When you have a rushing lane, don't stutter step in the hole, hit that hole and gain the yardage that is there, the hidden yardage on a lot of plays. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. And that's the biggest thing offensively for most teams. But I think especially for Notre Dame, man, a team that has the ability, I think, to be multiple, just keep everything on schedule. Keep everything on schedule. And this offense should be very good. And that includes in the Navy game, obviously. So we talked about starting fast. We talked about having a plan to beat the Blitz. We talked about having a diverse multiple run game. And we talked about efficiency. All four of those things, get off to a fast start, get Navy on their heels, force them to Blitz even more, even harder, but have a plan to beat it that includes the run game and an efficient pass game. And what does that lead to, Ryan? That's what leads to the big plays. That's the stuff that leads to those one-on-one opportunities. The, you know, hey, they... They hit us. They they because like last year they could just do it. Hey, inside zone duo and all that kind of stuff, right? Hey, we're 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 blitzing here because we think duo's coming, but they're they're actually running counter 
or yeah. they're running a toss and all of a sudden we blitzed out of the play and now they're off, right? All those things lead to that. And, and, and if Notre Dame's going to be this, the explosive offense they need to be, I wrote an article on this last week. I know you read it. When you look at Notre Dame's numbers for big plays it, it, related to the best teams on the schedule, they're way behind, way yep. behind. But here's the deal. Those teams are not ripping off big play after big play because they're just designing 20 big play opportunities a game. Right. The big there, there are times that you design for that, but it really comes down to when you're executing your offense at a high level, it's going to lead to more opportunities for those big plays to happen. And that's why those four things are our keys. And we didn't have necessarily big plays as a key to victory because it, to me, is a byproduct yep. of those other aspects. Uh, unpredictable offenses create big plays because the opposing defense has no idea what's coming at them. And that's when teams make big plays because they just – it's a guessing game at that point. I mean, I I, I called defenses before, right? And it's the, – there's a feel to calling a game defensively, right? There's a feel. You're going off of – what you think's coming on the other side. What are they going to run? What personnel group are they in? What are their tendencies in that group? And the minute they don't have as many clear tendencies is the minute that you are not feeling confident in your call and you're second guessing yourselves and you are attacking something that isn't there. I mean, unpredictability is the scariest thing for an opposing coordinator, the scariest thing in the world. And I think that's what Notre Dame has a chance to be in 2023. And that's also why 2022 Game to game, it was so volatile, right? Why can you run the ball so well against Clemson, but you couldn't run the ball well against Navy? Why, why couldn't you not run the ball well against USC, but you could run it all over North Carolina? It's because Notre Dame was a predictable offense last year. So sure, it'll work sometimes, but it's not going to be consistent, right? It's not going to be sustainable because at the end of the day, Notre Dame was a predictable offense last year. They were. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.